to Drinks at the Doll, episode 47, season 4 review, Bo. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast way station for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Chris. And Annie should be joining us later on. I know, I know, this is like the umpteenth episode in a row that we haven't begun with Annie, and people are probably getting nervous. But I promise, nothing bad has happened to her. She says she will be here later. Uh, so if I if I am wrong in that regard, then you can call the police. But I, I swear, she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she texted us earlier. She should be showing up. She's just, you know, she got delayed at work. But we are happy to have back as a guest, Melanie Killingsworth, who is a writer and filmmaker who lives in Portland, Oregon. And she blogs about film and television over at melsbells.wordpress.com. And she has a funky spelling, so I'm going to have to spell that. M-E-H-L-S-B-E-L-L-S, melsbells.wordpress.com. So thank you again, Melanie, for being here with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me back. So our drink special for this episode is called A Shot in the Dark. Because we chose this one because season four was a little darker than previous seasons, and we're probably going to be doing a bit of speculation here and taking shots in the dark with some of the stuff we're saying. So it's a it's a shot made from Kahlua, coconut rum, and strangely just five drops of Bailey's. But um, it's 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 a pretty tasty little shot there. But if I say five drops, like why just five? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's for effect more than anything else. It, it's, it is kind of strange that it's just five drops, but it's what the recipe calls for. So uh, we thought we'd start out by talking about kind of the character arcs for each of the different characters. So I think, you know, makes sense. Let's start with Bo. And I, I know a lot of people, a lot of the feedback that we got from 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 people about season four was not really liking what happened with the character of Bo this season. So what did what did y'all kind of think of that? I mean, I think it's understandable that people are bothered by it. Because as we've talked about, Bo's whole whole deal has kind of been turned upside down a little bit in this episode or in this season, not this episode. But the season being so caught up in the mystery of what happened to her and being understandably frustrated by it. But then we in turn are frustrated because she's frustrated and not acting like herself. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really interesting how the, the, this season took all of her bad qualities, like her thoughtlessness, a lot of times when it came to her friends and her ability to really flip from one partner to another and be really completely obsessed by them. And, her, you know, anger when people kind of disagree with where she's going and where she's leading and even her like bad bow, quote unquote, blue eyed qualities. And it just cranks them all up to 11. And I think it's really interesting because A, Anna Silk is just inherently likable. Like she's, t- she's very likable. She was likable as a character as soon as we met her. And two, everyone has always kind of sided with Bo both the characters and the audience, even when she does things that are not necessarily great and so to really take a season like not just an episode but a whole season and really kind of push the envelope and make her really unlikable and kind of explore all of the really negative characteristics of the character i do think that's that's really interesting and the fact that they did it by going essentially going through a guy going through rainer is 
negligible. Some people may find it interesting. Some people may really not like that, that you've got this strong female character who you take this guy and you throw him into the mix and suddenly she just changes or she exacerbates all of her worst qualities. But that is essentially what they did. And it's, uh, I think it was interesting. Although I'll say, I think that part is, I mean, yes, it's like that by the end of the season, but I think it really starts out where everything is so much worse because she's frustrated at the situation. It's not necessarily him specifically. It's because of what has happened. Cause we, she doesn't know what happened, you know? Right. And a little bit at the beginning, I do, yeah, you're, you are right. And a little bit at the beginning, it delves into like, if you're missing almost part of yourself, you're missing a large chunk of your memory, you're missing these things, you get, you do, you get really frustrated and you kind of lash out and she does do that. And you're right, yep, it's not necessarily Rainer, Rainer centric at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but I feel like in the beginning, I understood where she was coming from in regards to acting a little bit not like herself. Like, Maybe some people thought was were thinking that something bad happened to her on the train and that's why she was acting poorly and kind of cutting her some slack. I was cutting her some slack given the fact that she just couldn't remember. She didn't know what happened to her on the train. And I think that would be a hugely scary thing to go through. And so I kind of under I understood where Bo was at mindset wise at the beginning of the season because of that. But then when we get to Rainer, we don't really understand. I personally we, I don't feel like I really quite understood what was motivating Bo in that situation. And that's kind of where they lost me in regards to Bo's story arc. Right. Although I, I'm going to add that I think, you know, you're talking about some people thinking that something bad had happened on the train. But I think part of it was Bo seemed kind of convinced that something bad had happened on the train, you know? I, you, it's weird. When you started listing all those things, it suddenly occurred to me that Bo is exhibiting all of the signs of post-concussive syndrome. It, it, she is. All of this, like, the anger, the personality change, the the loss of memory, the weird, like, lapses in judgment and lapses in short-term memory and things like that. So that's interesting. It, it They essentially treated her memory loss like post-concussive syndrome. Anyway, I'm not sure that's necessarily relevant. Yeah, and, and I think also, because they do mention Bo having wanderer PTSD, I think is the, what they call it, in, in Groundhog Fay. So I do think they were maybe doing that in, intentionally, having Bo go through these things, uh, partially, you know, mirroring some kind of psychological malady that you might have as a result from a, a trauma of some kind. I mean, losing a lot of your memory and getting hit hard on the head is definitely a trauma. I mean, I could see how it would, and PTSD would be the, the, uh, the colloquialism that most people would be familiar with. So Amy, who left a comment on the website, she says, Bo was separate from the gang this season, not just physically, but emotionally too, and it just didn't feel right. MP Leaf says, I must be the only fan that loved Bo's character this season. This is all new to Bo. She's still kindergarten. Bo still is trying to find her place, and Rainer pulled her into his world. They all had memory loss, all of them. I think the memory loss in the first episode... I think the way that set up, Rainer and the Crows induced the memory loss in the gang, right? That is implied, though never explicitly stated, I believe. Right, that's what I mean. I, I think that if you only have one character who has... If Bo was the only one with memory loss, that everyone was just going to act like, oh, something happened to you. When everyone kind of has memory loss and has this weird, difficult time remembering what's going on, 
then it's a little more, uh, not necessarily normalized, but accepted that Bo also has this, this sort of weird fuzzy part of her, of her brain that she can't necessarily access. And so it takes her a little bit longer to realize that's going on because everyone else is having similar problems and has, is kind of recovering from that period of time that we see in, in Memoriam, uh, where they've completely lost Bo as a person. So I think it may prolong her acknowledgement of her problem for a little bit. See, I gotta say, I didn't dislike what they tried out with Bo in this season in regards to making her more of like a darker character, having her be a bit more of a of an anti-hero. I, I didn't dislike it. Um, but I guess like I was saying before, I, I wish in the latter heart part of the season I had a better grasp of why she was acting the way that she was acting. And I just didn't. Right. I kind of feel like either they needed to be over with it maybe a little bit sooner or have resolved it more thoroughly. Or as you, I mean, as you were saying, basically they needed to provide more context for it, maybe. I do agree. I do, I, I do agree. Although I feel like when I feel like the whole handprint sort of idea is supposed to suggest that she and or Rainer were under some sort of whatever you want to call it spell. Whammy. Whammy. There you go. Whammy. We call um, it the whammy. <laughs> all right. Um, so to use your terminology, whammy. And so then that would have been the thing that both started and stopped her. Um, I do think they were suggesting that, but I do agree that we still could have been much clearer about that. Who put right. the whammy? How exactly does the way I mean work? I honestly kind of doubt we're going to get answers to any of this. So that's my two cents. After Waves aired, when our discussion about Waves, I felt like I was spending a lot of time telling people, no, it really seemed like there was a whammy that happened there. I swear there was a whammy. And I think you can see that there. And it, that seemed obvious to me the first time I watched it. But by the time I got to the end of the season, I'm like, maybe? Maybe it wasn't right. I'm not sure. So yeah, I, definitely they, they built in an explanation for Bo acting a little strangely, but it, it still wasn't clear enough, I think. And it's, it's the fact that this show generally treats its audience as so intelligent and so willing to read into the signs makes it really d more difficult, honestly, to parse whether or not they did that intentionally or whether it was kind of something that they should have been clearer about. Because this show really does treat its audience as A, intelligent and be obsessive like like lost did like someone who's gonna sit there and parse every last little detail and you mean so, like we're okay, doing right now yeah exactly <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah that so maverick wrote in and they said the dark bow question mark really where is the power where's the rage honestly i found nothing impressive in season four version of bow she was really nothing like a hero if even a dark one dyson found her lauren helped her Kinsey saved her, slash everyone with her sacrifice. What exactly did Bo do? I don't think she was a hero at all this season. She was. A, she's a lost girl. Yeah. Um, I, I think, like, she still has heroic moments in season four, but definitely she's, she's going through a... Uh, she's going through some emotional stuff. She is not the Bo that we usually know. So definitely I think that... That uh, it's appropriate to be frustrated with her not necessarily being the hero that we expect her to be. But to answer the question, what did Bo do? Bo tried to find out what had happened to her. I mean, she was trying to resolve her own missing time. 
It's not like she wasn't doing anything. You're right, but she was still, I mean, she was going about that in a slightly unheroic way. Like, she took action, but in taking action, she ignored Kenzie, she completely ignored Dyson and or Lauren's emotional needs, she ignored, like, pretty much everything else that was going on, obsessing about this problem. And, which is not necessarily heroic or unheroic tendency, it's just kind of tendency, She, she really tried to go it all alone, which in the end was a bad move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why I actually don't mind, because Maverick points out, you know, Dyson helped her, Lauren helped her, Kenzie helped her. I personally don't mind when Bo gets help from other people, and I think they actually kind of made a point this season that Bo trying to do things alone isn't good. Like, she needs a collaborative effort. It's a very feminist theme to talk about the importance of, like, collaboration and team efforts and things like that. Uh, I, I don't know that that's, I think Maverick's maybe getting at something else, but I personally am not, wor- I'm not bothered when other people help Bo. But I, I do think that more so this season, like, like Mel said, this, this, like, quest to find information, she was doing that alone, and that didn't work very well for her. And, I mean, all season, and really throughout the series, one of the big things is all about found families. So, again, it's, it's all about, as you say, collaboration and working together and, yeah, so Bo not being so successful on her own. That's in line with the theme of the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's been a theme since literally the first episode when she may or may not have gotten out of the trials without Dyson's help and then Kenzie's like bursting in and interrupting the whole thing. It's definitely like she's the hero, but she she would never have gotten to that place without all the people kind of standing behind her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so when we see in Destiny's Child where she's basically telling Dyson and Lauren, stay behind, I gotta do this without you, that's a big red flag for me. Like, oh, Bo is about, something bad's about to happen because Bo is completely shutting out the, the people in her life who are there to help her. I love that, like, Dyson and Lauren found a way to work together, and that was kind of a real turning point in their whole relationship. Dyson and Lauren had it together, like, managed to track her, managed to find her, and she's like, no thanks, guys. Like, I got this. Peace out. And it's like, yeah. no, you don't. No, you don't. You should really realize that if these two people have have teamed together to find you, that there is something seriously problematic with where you're going right now. But, you know, we all have to, sometimes we have to learn from our own mistakes. Yeah, I, I definitely think there was a lot of frustration in the fandom for uh, about Bo's storyline this season. And, you know, that's completely fair. If it didn't work for you, that's completely understandable. I, you know, I personally, I, it worked okay for me. I, I, I don't mind them taking that detour as long as they kind of go back and reaffirm what the show, I think, is about, which is about sort of, te- uh, you know, teamwork and, and companionship and, and, and that sort of thing. Which I think they did in the finale. So let's talk a little bit about the triangle. We still have in this season, obviously, Bo kind of trying to choose between Dyson and Lauren. There's even an entire episode in Destiny's Child where, you know, the fact that she can't make a choice is is kind of a, a big deal. But I don't know. I felt like we maybe got some movement on the triangle this season. What what did what did y'all think about? what we saw in regards to Bo's relationship with both Dyson and Lauren. I think the biggest thing with the triangle this season is that the two points on the triangle that were most, you know, they hated each other. They've resolved their issues largely. 
So I think that's sort of the biggest thing. Like the, uh, the triangle that once was obtuse is maybe now a little more equilateral. I like math analogies. You're welcome, then. I'm bad at math analogies. I think that for the first two, not necessarily three, but definitely for the first two seasons, Dyson had the the uh, the longer slash more powerful side of the triangle. Like, <laughs> Hypotenuse. <laughs> it's been a really... Oh, there it is. It's been a really long time since geometry, y'all. Did I mention I was a humanities major? So was and I. And here I was thinking you were making a penis joke. Okay. Prob and s- probability and statistics, yo. That's the way to take college math. 400 level, but none of this bullshit. Anyway. Anyway, so Dyson, definitely through the first two seasons, Dyson was the power player. Like, he was Bo's first. He gave up his love for Bo. He was the one that Bo always ran back to. And I really think that this season kind of equalized the two players. So now it's much more of a tag nabbit. What's the thing with the triangle where all the sides are equilateral? That's what I just said. Equilateral! (laughs) Tag nabbit! Drink more beer, Melanie. Things will make sense. Once you drink... I'm, like, in the point between where things make sense and the point where you drink enough until they make sense. But I feel like season four really equilateralized, and if that's not a word, please shut up, Chris. Equilateralized the triangle. So Dyson and Lauren have definitely become, like, equal sides of the hypotenuse. I'm pretty sure that's not a thing, but we'll go with it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I was, I was actually seeing if if Chris would would be able to to keep herself from correcting me on this one. Anyway, nope. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> uh, it it definitely equalized the triangle. I'm really sorry. I honestly feel like that head. Sorry, Annie. Uh, mostly I feel like we should have discussed this before Annie because I feel like this may give her a heart attack on top of her terrible day, but I really feel like this may end up with an open relationship because both of them have finally achieved equality. It's okay. Um, Stephanie's mentioned the idea, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that it will last the whole show. Um, I feel like, and we'll talk about this later, but I feel like the season has started to establish the fact that, that Dyson's, um, only love thing has kind of been neutralized, but beside the point, I really feel like they've equalized and it may or may not lead to them being sort of like equal parts of an open relationship with Bo. And she may or may not have things on the side during this time. Um, but, or she may pick one over the other, but it's not going to be because one has quote unquote loved her more or one is quote unquote better than the other. It's just because. You know, she does. I, th- I think that this season really led towards that. Yeah, I agree with Melanie. I think by the end, the triangle was more... What is it? Equilateral? There yes. we go. Yeah. Breaking out the map. I got it. No, only because she said that word two minutes ago, and I remembered. So, I did like how Dyson and Lauren bridged their gap, and they respected each other. I think, to me, it was a little frustrating that Bo couldn't choose in Destiny's Child. But I think, at least to me, by the end, leaning more towards the Lauren side, that's just me. So, but I really do like how they all seem to, you know, Lauren has her own story now established, and that makes her become, as you say, Melanie, more of an equal, more of an independent character, aside from Bo, and that Dyson, you know, he's got, like you said, the um, 
Wolf's mate for life thing is kind of to the side, but now he's pledged himself to Bo in a different kind of way as, you know, pledging to her, allegiance to her as the queen. And I think that the relationship that Bo has with both Lauren and Dyson did evolve this season because Dyson and Lauren took their own journeys in a way, you know, and in relation to Bo. So, you know, I think that I'm glad that it's more equal, but, and I, I, as Stephanie mentioned earlier, I can see a possibility where the whole series, I think, could end just with an open relationship because I think if it ended with one or the other, nobody would be satisfied or Bo could just be with no one. But I, I'm pretty happy with where the triangle is at because hopefully everybody seems to respect everybody. I'm going to read off a thing from Twitter here. Kat says, It didn't seem like Bo was struggling to choose until 4.09. She treated Dyson terribly all season and used him as a distraction. Which is true, but I think Dyson Dyson acknowledges it, basically. You know what I mean? Bo did, I feel like Bo mostly used both of them this season. Like She used Dyson for sex, and she used Lauren for this weird like emotional fulfillment, and was like, oh yes, we're totally restarting our relationship, and Lauren's like, Nope. What? What? Like, yeah, so I definitely feel like she kind of used both of them this season. Um, I do agree that they were, weirdly, she, in relation to both of them, were in a better place when the season ended than when the season began and through most of the first half of the first, of the fourth season. That I feel like, both because she had kind of worked out some of her own issues, slash her memory turned, etc. But, yeah, it was uh, the, definitely the first time that she was with either of them was a little weird. Like, Bo, you're getting things out of this that the other parties are not, and you should kind of slow your roll. See, I don't see it with the Lauren thing just because I'm blind, and I'm like, oh my god, they're on the screen together, I don't care, so... <laughs> at least at least you acknowledge it. I don't know that she treated Lauren terribly initially. Like, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but I, I feel like... Bo- I feel like Bo was naive initially, thinking, oh, mm-hmm. things are going to go back exactly the way that they were and everything's going to be fine, and no. So I, I think she was short-sighted. I don't know if that's necessarily treating Lauren terribly, though. She was sort... Even if you say that she was short-sighted, at the end of that exact same episode, she treated her poorly. So, like, you may be right about the first quote-unquote sexual encounter, but, like, the first day that she was reunited with Lauren, she kind of treated her shittily. And again, that's that's not, I think that's an interesting place to take the character, and I think it really reveals a lot about the character, etc. I'm not saying that's a bad choice, I'm just saying that's that, that's definitely how I read that, that penultimate scene. That was frustrating, that she couldn't see, she was had a blind spot there with the whole dark fae thing. Well, I personally kind of think that it's very possible that Bo, to some extent, is sort of projecting her own frustration onto Lauren in those situations. I mean, to keep bringing up, you know, why did you join the dark? Because that's what Bo's continuously asking herself, you know what I mean? She's upset because she herself has joined the dark and, you know, at first is convinced that somebody has made her do it, but, like, it turns out not so much, and so... I don't know. I, I think that might be at play in those exchanges. So we have in regards to, to the triangle, I, I feel like, you know, at the beginning of the season, we have Bo kind of using Dyson a bit and, you know, Melanie 
thinks you know we we have Bo uh, treating Lauren poorly in the in the middle here too. Um, I I agree. She you know definitely doesn't really get what's going on with Lauren, and then it gets to like Destiny's Child, and it's this whole episode about how Bo's trying to make a choice between the two of them, and she says that she can't. But then we have an an end of the line. Uh, Bo and Dyson have this conversation where. Bo seems to tell Dyson that she doesn't love him anymore. And I kind of wonder if that still stands or if what's going on with Rainer and sort of being having a whammy going on with Rainer, if that's affecting what what Bo is saying in that moment. Or do you think that Bo actually is telling Dyson she doesn't love any love him anymore for real? I really tend to lean towards for two reasons. I really tend to lean towards the fact that it's because she's with Rainer at the time, uh, for two reasons. First, that it's it's pretty clear the whole season she's like, Lauren Dyson, Lauren Dyson, Lauren Dyson, and the Rainer thing because I kind of have to and fulfills prophecy and blah, blah, blah. The second, because I don't believe the writers are willing to let the triangle go quite yet. So one, like, in-universe reason and one fairly pragmatic reason. I don't. I think she tells Dyson that because, at the time, she's still fairly friendly with Rainer, and I think she tells Dyson that because it's pretty easily negated. What do you think, Chris? Did, uh, out of love or no? I don't know. I, I think she probably at least kind of meant it when she said it, um, or almost said it. But yeah, in terms of longer term things, I just don't know. Yeah, I see where Melanie is coming from. And I, I agree. I feel like the writers aren't ready to give up on the triangle necessarily. But there's a few things that make me wonder if it she might not have meant it. And the first being that in the in the following episode, after she tells Dyson or kind of tells Dyson, I don't love you anymore. She and Lauren have a, a, a confrontation where Bo basically says, I still love you. You really hurt me. That wasn't fair. And I kind of wonder why, if it was just Rainer, why she wouldn't have had a similar conversation with Lauren. And then also because in, in the finale, when Dyson tells, tells Bo that he loves her, she just kind of responds with a, you know, and you'll always be with me and important to me type of, type of thing. So, I, I'm still uncertain about it, but I, I I don't know. I feel like maybe they are leaning toward Bo loves Dyson. Like she she he's a very important person to her, but I I'm wondering if they're leaning toward her not being in love with him right now at least. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know. We we talked about this when we when we discussed the finale. Maybe the writers are kind of leaning toward ending the triangle. I don't know. It's kind of unclear. Um, or at least resolving the triangle temporarily. I just feel like I can't say for certain that they would ever give up, give up the triangle. But they did seem to be leaning toward maybe having Bo be with Lauren in the immediate future. I think I would just be happy, regardless of what I shipped, that they all were on the same page and that Bo wasn't so indecisive like she was earlier in the season. That was the first part of our season four review. I had a lot of te technical difficulties editing this episode, so I apologize that it's taken me a while to get it going. I'm planning to release the rest of our discussion about the individual character arcs soon and then 
and then there will be an episode about the big bads and the themes of the season that will follow that. But let us know what you thought about Bo in Season 4. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can leave a comment on the show notes for this episode over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 47. You can send us an email to feedback at drinksatthedoll, or you can call and leave a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.